So, hey guys. Hey guys. Hey, hey. Hey, me. Wow. Hey, you. Another episode. We're actually meeting in person this time. It's pretty cool. great. We can see each other's beautiful faces. That's a change. Strange, actually. Yeah, it is. Actually, I don't like this. You should probably go in the other room and FaceTime in. That makes me feel more comfortable. <laughs> so, um, this, this episode of our podcast is going to be a slightly different format than what we've done before. Um, I don't think we really have a name for it, but we're basically going to talk about what we've been up to this week. Sort of this week in parody and maybe this week outside of parody as well. Yeah, this is just going to be a self-congratulatory episode of us uh, jerking off our own egos for half an hour. Uh, and, I, and, I, and I hope that everyone who, who listens to it uh, enjoys the self-congratulation as much as we do. So, Fred, what's this that you've been working on? Tell me. <laughs> so, I've been working on a, a very interesting project for an enterprise company that I'm not allowed to name. But uh, it's mainly been building a React application, a DAP, that is, sits on top of Ethereum. Uh, it's a private Ethereum network, so it's not on mainnet. But uh, like for the purposes of the DAP, it doesn't matter. It's, it's an Ethereum node all the same. And uh, it's been sort of a pain in the ass, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> really? Have you not been, what I expected. Have you had to write Solidity? Or I have not. Just so I've not had to write Solidity, although I, I started going... So we have a couple of contracts uh, in, it, in this sort of product um, since a previous project. And uh, my initial plan was to sort of modify those a little bit and, and uh, model... The, this new domain a bit better, but ended up not doing that because it was a huge pain in the ass. Um, so not only, like not necessarily because of Solidity, but all of the tooling around it is just really hard to work with. And um, this is pre-Truffle framework kind of state, so there wasn't really any good way to test things, not any good way to deploy things. So um, this was when you were developing one before, you mean? Yeah, so oh, the, okay, the original sorry, sorry. sort of version of this is okay, uh, cool. pre-truffle. Um, but that's, that part is not actually my main complaint. So in the Ethereum, like when you're building a dApp, you need a node, and then on top of the node, you have some sort of interface to it. Usually, like, you, you wouldn't want to talk, use, like, pure JSON RPC with a node because it's very low level. So you need something like Parity.js to sit in between the has a more like slightly better human API. But in this particular app, there's actually a couple of those layers. So there's one like backend layer that deals with the node and IPFS because we're storing some data on IPFS. And then there's another layer that's like a middleware that has some nice APIs to deal with this particular contract. And then on top of that is Parity.js and then on top of that is React. Okay. And if you look at any of these components in themselves, they're all really well written. It's great code. Uh, they work well individually. But when you stack all of this stuff together, it's sort of like breathe on it wrong and you get a weird JavaScript error. Okay, <laughs> great. Uh, so I wonder, that's like. That's my experience with JavaScript, I feel. It's yeah. like you start plugging. I feel like all of the work I do when I'm writing JavaScript is plugging other stuff together and working out the errors that come as a result of that. Yeah. So really, like, this whole thing should obviously be re revamped and re written in more modern tools. And like at Parity, we're working on this 007 library that's like a React library to integrate with. 
um, a node more directly and like bring all the contract stuff up to speed with like Truffle, but it really has highlighted to me how like immature the ecosystem around this is. Like even if you use all the modern tools, like it's such a pain in the ass to like go through all the steps that's needed just to like make a contract change. Like you need to like reset whatever data you have on the chain, redeploy the contract and blah 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 and, and uh, it's just not easy to work with. <laughs> But it's, it's getting better. I mean, we're doing more with it. Uh, we're focusing, uh, since the latest issue, we're focusing a ton more on tooling and like linting tools and writing compilers and parsers. And we're like in the process of doing a lot of stuff, but it's, man, there's like a long way to go before writing a dev is as easy as like booting up a Rails app and just writing a regular centralized application. Yeah, I was talking yesterday, so I can't, I'm, I'm not coding a parser, but somebody else in the company is, and I was talking to Mache about this, and it sounds like, I mean, because he's working on this pretty exciting project, parser, uh, from, from what I understand, it was from Solidity to Rust, and for that reason, he's actually working on it. So, do you say parser from Solidity to Rust? Do you mean uh, uh, Mache's work on the linter? Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, he, he's, so he's writing a parser in Rust, yeah. uh, that parses Solidity code into a Rust AST. Exactly, yeah. Uh, Sorry, wrong, uh, wrong conjugation? Oh, no, it's fine. Really Don't worry about it. I think it. I said it right. Uh, <laughs> but thanks for the clear. Uh, it, it is really interesting to see like, the, the, the cases that come out of it, though, because you can sort of see how, how evolved a Solidity is, like rather than sort of designed from the ground up while we already know what we want from a contract language. It was kind of... The main goal was to be like JavaScript, I think, in many ways. Uh, and uh, sort of things were added on as necessary. And the parser is like, the, the specification is the parser that exists, Sol C, you know, really. Uh, there, there, are, there is documentation and a specification, neither of which directly match Sol C. Although that's not uncommon with languages, that's also true of Python. Even, even Scheme, like the simplest grammar ever, uh, I, I was writing a parser for it recently, and uh, things that the specification explicitly disallows are allowed by every implementation of Scheme that I can find. Uh, yeah. What were you working on this week? So, this week. Uh, so, uh, I was triaging Lipid B stuff. Uh, I was, I, I'm trying to jump on that parser. Uh, but also, my favorite thing that I've been doing this week is just a personal project, which is that list parser that I was talking about, of like basically uh, trying to make the fastest possible list parser using, you know, Mathieu's uh, toolshed library that he wrote for Rattel? I, I know what he wrote it for, but I didn't know of that tool. That right. sounds cool. It's just a arena allocator, so it's um, very simple, very good, and I, I, I use that. And so everything, like, there's almost no allocation in the entire uh, thing when you when you uh, uh, build an S expression, and everything that is allocated is allocated in this arena. And as a result, uh, I get a 32x speed up compared to the next fastest one that I can find, which is pretty good. Uh, anyway. Very cool. My week was very different. Um, I spent a lot of time outside of the parody office this week because there were a ton of events and things going on in Berlin around TechCrunch. Um, there was the TechCrunch interview 
with Gavin and Utah. They did an off the record, and then Utah did this amazing fireside chat with the Toa uh, Toa Meat Blockchain event in I'm an old furniture factory. It was like really cool. Wait, it was like an, when did it this actually, happen? It was actually an old theater, like from the twenties, that is now a furniture company, like furniture store. That's amazing. And then that's where the event was, and it was super cool. It was, and it was really neat because it was a deep dive into parody and parodies working on, and a lot of the, I don't know, it was, it, it gave, I think it gave Utah a chance to talk about all of these projects that are happening in parody, something that is often missed when you do these short talks or when you're like on a panel. Uh, she actually got a chance to speak about a lot of that, and she got a chance to speak a lot about um, bigger issues around blockchain and her perspective on it. And I thought it was great. Um, there were dinners. I actually did a talk on Sunday as well, uh, like a, a panel, uh, which was called Blockchain Disrupt. It was a meetup put on by uh, some of the TechCrunch folk, and that was really cool. It was a great discussion. The room was like pretty savvy and there was a lot of back and forth with the panelists and the people in the crowd. Um, Fred, you also did a talk this week. I didn't do a talk, but a co-worker did a talk and I was part of the like, Q&A panel afterwards, yeah. But it was at uh, this uh, tech deep dive uh, event in Delft in uh, the Netherlands. And it was super nice actually. So a lot of representation from the entire blockchain community and um, uh, lots of good content, uh, mostly developers there. And our talk from Parity was like you, kind of similar to what you were saying of, we are actually not just building an Ethereum node, we're doing all of these 20 different things and we have a Bitcoin node and we're writing JavaScript libraries and like trying to make DAP writing better. Um, and I, like that was interesting to me and like, like I said, having written adapt experienced how painful it can be. It's sort of like I've renewed interest and in, in, uh, passion for actually trying to make this a better process. Um, and this is why I, I kind of want to jump on this Linter project and probably next week that's what I'll start doing. Because, uh, yeah, the tooling around Solidity is, is not designed for the kind of use cases that Solidity is actually used for. Uh, it is not high reliability. The the language is not. We're, we're not writing cock the, the the formal proof verification language. Like it's 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 very like loose, and and you probably would want some amount of tooling help uh, uh, to write good solidity. I mean, uh, I think we shouldn't overlook other players in this market. There is Truffle. There is like uh, Zeppelin, and there there's a lot of other people and companies putting efforts into this. Um, and we're actually a bit behind on a lot of those other efforts. But um, I think just we want to build stuff and make stuff better. We're, we're trying to focus a lot on like writing a test framework where you can write tests in Rust and like try to utilize more of our Rust experience and the type safety of Rust and like bringing that to the space as well. Right? While also hooking directly into the EVM rather than yeah. going over RPC yeah. to do everything, yeah. um, which just makes everything it's a lot of cool stuff. simpler and easier. I have, there's one, I know we don't have too much time for this, but uh, there was one other thing, well two other things that I just wanted to quickly talk about since this week in the blockchain space has been kind of crazy 
The last few weeks have been crazy. The last Lots few months have been crazy, but the last week has been really crazy. Lots of cats stuck in the tubes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, tell me about CryptoKitties. I, I know the bare minimum, but I think uh, uh, for my sake, give an explanation. I actually, I cannot give a very in-depth description of CryptoKitties. All I can say is that they exist. And they are... I, I actually have two kitties, and yeah? I've successfully bred two of them. That's yeah. amazing. Well, okay, so Fred, the expert crypto ca uh, kitty breeder, please explain the concept of crypto kitties. So there's these cute cats made by a great illustrator. Cute. There were air quotes there, by the way. Mm -hmm. They're cute. Okay. Are, they they're not, cute. are they not cute? I haven't I seen the pictures. Semi-cute. No, all cats are cute. But they're, oh, okay. so I, I think they're made by a great illustrator. The design of the website is great. And uh, so they've made this game where a cat has some, it has a like 256 bit genome. And that de determines a bunch of properties of how it looks and uh, what like the breeding respawn time or like cooldown is. And so the idea is you buy cats, breed it with other cats or sire it out to make money from having it bred with so you can either sell your cat outright or you can sire it so you can make money theoretically off of someone else wanting to breed with your cat to try to get some of its looks or genes and so it's a fun game like it really is just like fun little mini game and it it was spawned out of uh, the F waterloo hackathon yeah I think I had heard that one before. Yeah, and so it's it's really a cool app. It's a perfect example of like how you can build something on Ethereum that's fun and light and doesn't have to be like the most serious thing ever, or Nicio. And it's just like a perfect example of like you can do something fun and. But the dark side of Crypto Kitties is that, and maybe you can help me understand this. It's clogging up. It's actually using what is it twenty percent. Yeah, yeah, the so, number goes up all the time. So it's so basically like it's extremely uh, popular. Ethereum can only handle a certain number of transactions at a time, basically, because there are, there is only so much computation power in the network. And so, if for example, when when there's a big ICO, everyone puts loads and loads of transactions. I mean, t it tends to be uh, less larger transactions. Whereas with CryptoKitties, it's many, 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 many extremely small transactions. And they're actually uh, and not result, extremely small. They're yeah. quite large transactions. <laughs> oh, but I mean, like, uh, sorry, but many, many transactions. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. yeah. As opposed to like one transaction that has a large uh, amount of value. Right. But that's I also understood well. that it was not. It wasn't like the problem is that there's like various transactions that will happen for every breeding yeah. case. So it's yeah, not like yeah. a one-time thing. No, it's like multiple. I mean, there's so there's a lot of actions that you can take in the game. I mean, you can buy a cat. You can put one up for auction. You can put it up for siring, and like all of these things are like starting a siring auction is a contract call that costs quite a lot of gas. And a lot of people want to do it, so they fill up a block pretty quickly. And um, and yeah, so that's one thing. And then when uh, there's there's like new cats being generated by like the back end of this, and um, that in itself, like publishing new cats to the blockchain, is taking up a bunch of gas. Um, and the CryptoKitties team has actually done a couple of things to respond to them filling up all the blocks. One is like increasing fees and like trying to just like 
reduce usage a little bit. Uh, but they're also now like talking about um, off-chain scaling solutions and kind of good experimentation of like how to do that. <laughs> off-chain scaling solutions for crypto kitties. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. I mean, <laughs> uh, to the moon. <laughs> Speaking of. You said that a lot recently. You said that in response to Steam dropping Bitcoin, which I'm not sure that's to the moon at all. <laughs> that, was that's a, more, that was sarcasm, That's more like friend. depressing. That that's was just, pretty, pretty yeah. much solid sarcasm. As a Brit, you should have got that. Oh, okay. I'm a I'm sorry, I don't expect sarcasm from Canadians. <laughs> so, maybe one last point, because um, I know we have to run, but... Uh, Bitcoin is crazy and it makes no sense and I'm scared. Blockchain. Blockchain. Blockchain Coinbase just put out an article, I think today, uh, urging investors to be diligent and uh, not waste their money. But you know that on okay. Sunday, I don't know if you know this, on Sunday, I think like the Chicago stock, ex there's, there's some huge exchanges or, or some sort of big mainstream players coming into the space. And I think... Oh, I don't... So there, there's a... Um, potential I don't know if it's settled I think it probably is that a futures market is going to be established on November 18 uh, sorry December 18 and that's obviously a big thing that this is I mean it's sparked a bunch of interest in news and but I think largely it's just like everything is in the news in the US particularly and so everyone and their grandmother it was a slow relatively climb to 10k and like since 10k it took a week to go to like 16k right yeah. and like and, and this is exactly what i was saying before is like you see this it hits 10k has a nice round number that, that looks good to our monkey brains and uh we put thousands and thousands of these news articles on the spreads everywhere everyone's got bitcoin on the tip of their tongue and then all the money goes into it I mean, a big indication of this being non-diligent investors, especially from the U.S., is that at some point, I think yesterday, uh, there was a $2,000 arbitrage between Coinbase and other exchanges. I saw that, actually. Yeah, Kraken was way... Well, Kraken kept breaking, and Kraken was way lower. So coin, the price on Coinbase was at $1.2,000 higher than on other exchanges. Okay. So you could like buy on one exchange and sell it immediately on Coinbase for a $2,000 profit. Except that all transactions took forever. So I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So there, there's well, so they always do usually with arbitrage, it's a problem with liquidity, not necessarily that one exchange is getting a huge pressure. But here, I think it was actually a combination of both. You think it was the like all of the, these grandmas goes directly to buy Bitcoin online and the first one that comes up is Coinbase yeah. and then they all yeah. get all the money for that, yeah. Well, I'm sure Coinbase is doing great. Good for them. I hope they buy a uh, really beautiful Lambo with all their new... I hope they uh, buy very big money. servers. With all their new retirement fund money. Well, on that note, it's exciting times, folks. A lot of stuff happening, as always. So, I don't know, um, I guess, nice chatting with you. Nice catching up again in this cafe. Let's do it again sometime. Sounds good. All right. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.